Hello and welcome back to A Better World. This is your host, Mitchell J. Rabin, and I'm very glad you're joining us again today. Today we're going to have another very interesting show. We're going to be picking up on some of our favorite themes of healing the world, of making a difference, of contributing to society in the ways that we have skills in or want to develop skills in, and making a difference in the world in short through love, through compassion, through awareness, through consciousness, through understanding how we're all connected and why it is so important for us to care for each other in so many ways. Well, to help us on this journey today and to inform us of some work that's being done on these different levels is Dr. Patrick San Francisco, who is one of the leaders, one of the leading components and advocates of good work around the world. He is the founder of the Light Movement, through which I met him a number of years ago, where he teaches a, a light and color healing system. He's also a physician, of course, so it's very wonderful that he has uh, embraced this kind of more holistic and much more uh, advanced kind of system. He is also the co-founder with his wife of the Samarpan Foundation, which is committed to building eco-friendly structures where they have been destroyed, for instance, by earthquakes, which happened in Nepal. And uh, in fact, last time that Patrick was on the show, we were discussing this really innovative way that they were rebuilding Nepal uh, with um, water plastic water bottles, as I recall. It was a remarkable story, and maybe we'll hear a little bit more about that today. So Patrick is going to be speaking about his latest uh, projects and endeavors with our audience. So I'm really glad to have you, Patrick, back on on A Better World. Welcome. Thank you, Michelle. It's a pleasure to be back. Excellent. So good well, to have you. Well, so would you please lay out, I, I was receiving the messages by email of your Food for All project. Um, although I want you to share what is most meaningful and most pertinent as well. I'd love to hear about that for sure. Well, actually, it started with a concern about world hunger and how to solve that problem. Of course. We have put people on the moon. We've done all sorts of stuff, but we've not solved world hunger. One begins to think that we don't want to do it, and not enough effort has been put that way which is why yes. I turned my mind to finding a solution that is viable, simple, and most importantly, free for all. Uh, Mitchell, you probably heard this very often, the saying, as strong as an ox. Yes. So that's what got me thinking about an ox eats grass. And look at the muscle rippling and the power it has. It's one of the most yes. powerful beasts on, this, on the planet. So what if man could eat grass? Mm-hmm. So when I spoke to many scientists and food technologists, they started laughing. They said grass is indigestible by man because you need to have a double stomach called a rumen to digest grass. So I Some of us have double stomachs, waiting. Patrick. <laughs> Some have triple and double chins too. <laughs> well, you know, it's actually biblical uh, of man eating grass. Uh, is it the story of Daniel, if I'm not mistaken, where everyone around him was eating uh, meat and drinking mead, wine, and uh, 
you know, laughing it up. But meanwhile, Daniel was in prison eating cud, basically, like the cows, and was as strong and mighty as any. Or more, I should say. But anyway, exactly. please go on. So, yeah. In fact, that was, that was one of my inspirations. So I thought about it, and uh-huh. when I spoke to food technologists, they said that man cannot ingest the nutrients of which I grass because it's bound by cellulose. So... I steamed the grass under pressure and broke down the cellulose. And then I did, did that uh, nutrient testing and it was perfectly in match and in tune with what's called the United States recommended daily allowance of food requirements. <laughs> so I said, okay, so we've, we've got past the first stage. We're able to feed we the We something here, yeah. Mm-hmm. And... The, the next was how to make it palatable because grass is a very fibrous and sharp uh, leaf. Yes. So I put the I put the steamed grass in a blender, a normal domestic blender which you get at home, and it came out like a spinach puree. And I mm. cooked it like you like you would cook spinach, and it turned out to be simply delicious. Really. It has a slight vinegary taste. Yeah, slight vinegary taste, as with a hint uh-huh. of onion. In it. But it's delicious, and there you have it. Grass grows all over the world. And what I did was I Isn't that dried the grass, the processed grass, and kept it for, for like six months before I got it tested, and it had not lost its nutrient value. So whenever there is grass, it can be taken, dried, and powdered, and kept for up to six months without losing any of its nutrient value. So that was my answer to world hunger. Just cook the grass. And you have it all there. Remarkable. Thinking that ox is, and ox doesn't have protein shakes and supplements and things like that. And look at the yeah. muscle and power he has. So why not right. us? Oh, yeah, I know. It makes perfect sense. It really does. I, I love the way you connect the dots. And uh, it's true. I mean, we watch, you know, oxen and... Buffalo and cattle, as you say, the largest animals on the planet. I wonder, what do elephants eat? Well, elephants eat... (laughs) They eat uh, (laughs) branches of trees and uh, palm leaves and... Right. And they eat basically uh, young young saplings. Yes. But they... Which have leaves on them. Yes, of course. Where they get their chlorophyll. Yeah, yeah, yes. exactly. So we and I haven't spoken in a while, and we'll have to pick this up offline primarily, but because I've done an interview with a gentleman who has spent all of his retirement savings and seven years of his life and 10,000 trials perfecting a lawn seed that would grow grass, uh, they're actually ancient seeds, um, that were used in indigenous uh, climates and contexts to per- form a perfect grass patrick in which the grass grows very slowly. It has f- up to four foot roots and it requires almost no water or fertilizer to grow. And in fact, I was just down in Asheville, North Carolina with them two weeks ago at a Mother Earth trade show educating people about this grass and we're all over the country 
um, bringing people to awareness of how to conserve water and grow the most beautiful uh, child and pet-friendly grass that can be found anywhere that needs almost no water whatsoever, which means that it can grow anywhere virtually. It's even growing in Saudi Arabia in 135-degree heat. So this will be something you and I should have a, a little chat about. <laughs> yeah, I, I was working on that similar concept myself, and it's called nut grass, N-U-T, nut grass, where the nut lies about three to four feet below the surface of the ground. Mm-hmm. And it lies, dorm- it lies dormant till the slightest sprinkling of rain, and out it pops and germinates immediately. And the whole hillside becomes green. You might have seen that, yeah. you know, when yeah, a barren, parched hillside suddenly becomes green after the first rain. It's yeah. like nut grass. It's like a, very much like a bulb in a lily. It lies very dormant in unfavor- unfavorable conditions and germinates the moment there's a little bit of rain. So yes. nut grass is yes, one of the most yes. common grasses we get in the world. But yes. I've done this experiment with even with the African reeds which they use for tax in their, in their homes. Mm-hmm. I've done experiments with different types of grass, and most grasses can, you can uh, get the same nutrient value from. And mm-hmm. you know the beauty of a grass when it comes to, it, to its strength? If an elephant steps on a twig, the twig snaps and breaks. But if an elephant steps on grass, it just bends and comes back to its shape. That is because of the fat content and nutrient value of the grass. It gives it a supple strength and it doesn't uh, break away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you may be in an airport. Yes, I'm sorry. Well, I think you spend that. a lot of time these days. <laughs> so, no, we yes, just heard some of the background sound. Yes, it's my second sorry? home. The airport. Oh, the yes, your second home. home, right. Exactly. So, what would you do for the other nutrients that human nutrition uh, requires? Fatty acids, for instance, it's all the vitamin Bs. Exactly. It keeps up with all the vitamins, proteins, nutrients, phytochemicals, uh, corticosteroids, neuropeptides. Everything is ba- it's completely balanced, which is why I got it tested in the laboratories in America. And uh, they couldn't believe that it had everything you, you could, a man could never need or hope for. The protein, the carbohydrate value, the fatty acids, the micronutrients, collagen? everything. What about Absolutely collagen? Everything. Really? Yes. Wow. Collagen fibers That's are there. Yeah. News to me. Okay. It's a, Very it's, interesting. It is a total, totally balanced uh, food. Well, you know, in fact, you know that wheatgrass, at least in the United States, has become immensely popular over the past, oh, I'd say, you know, 20 to 30 years. And, of course, that is a form of grass. In that case, it's got a very high glycemic index, however, um, and it really hits the blood hard when it's, uh, of course, when it's um, liquefied. But nonetheless, it has an extraordinary nutritional profile. So what you're talking about is something, you know, certainly uh, parallel, analogous to that. Yes, because you see, uh, if you do research, you'll find that um, the cattle and bovine bovine, uh, species do not suffer from high cholesterol. 
Yes. Right. So the, the, the lipids in grass are extremely uh, beneficial to man, like you would call it LDL, low-density lipoprotein. Yes. Whereas the high-density lipoproteins, which are good, good cholesterol, are very high, and the low-density ones are very low. So interesting. So what have you done, Patrick, in regard to, on one hand, of course, you're educating people, and as you say, you're second home or airports around the world. In fact, when you were going to be on last week, uh, right at that time, it sounded like the doors were closing on a flight from New York to Toronto. So we missed that uh, interview. But um, what are you doing on the ground, so to speak, regarding the promulgation of this project? Well, what I do is... uh I explain the whole process on my website, thefirstprinciple.org, to anybody who's interested, and I go around the world talking to people about it and yes. processing it for them and allowing them to taste it so that they can actually see that it's not just you know full of nutrients and whatever, but it's also tasty. Yes. Uh-huh. And, it's, and it can be done in a, in, in a domestic kitchen. You don't need yes. some kind of big laboratory process to you know, convert it to edible food which is what I do. I go around the world trying to propagate this new new invention of mine, a new discovery. Yes. And my next discovery yes. is even more exciting. Oh, really? Yes. Do you tell? Be, well, it's about water. So it's all okay. the water, freshwater problem. Okay. I've developed a machine. You've got my produce, attention. It can produce eight liters of water with one candle, using one candle. You know the small tea light candle? It yeah. eight liters of fresh drinking water. And it has no moving parts, the machine, so it's, it doesn't get spoiled or wear and tear or anything of the sort. That should so, be coming are you the end of the saying it's a, it's a purifier or it's a desalination system? No, it just manages water. So how... I don't understand the mechanism. You'll hear soon enough. The machine is ready. Let's have a little suspense here. Uh, Let's wait for the gentleman to finish his announcement. So sorry about this. Is that anything for us to know? (laughs) So we're not late? (laughs) Yeah, please go on, Patrick. So it's... You Let's were have saying a little bit of suspense on this. Let's have a little suspense. Yes. Okay. Something like you know, okay. to be continued. I understand. Is, uh, the prototype okay. is ready already. The prototype is ready, but now I'm making a, yes. work, a workable model so that it can be replicated all over the world, and again, <laughs> producing water out of nothing. So using very interesting. Very interesting. Okay. Well, you definitely have my attention, and uh, I have a feeling this is going to spill into a subsequent uh, interview (laughs) when that (laughs) is ready to be launched. I'll accept that. That sounds good. Um, What what is going on, though? I mean, on one hand, you've got the information about the grass, going back to that for a moment, uh, on your website. Are there actions that your organization is taking uh, to help people on the ground? I mean, not everybody, for instance, has a, um, a blender. 
you know, if we go into the depths of uh, Africa, for instance, as an example, or Asia, for that matter. Uh, you know, this is for us in the West is a simple uh, appliance, but in these places, sometimes there isn't even electricity. So how do you deal with those types of uh, issues? Well, actually, all you have to do is cook it a little longer and use a mortar and pestle, which they use it for grinding corn in all these uh, okay. areas yeah. of the world. Just sure. use a mortar and pestle and bring it to a puree. Because yes. once you pressure cook it, and the grass becomes very pliable and mashes very easily. So even if you have in, no access to electricity or cooking gas, or a normal wood yes. fire or a coal fire would, would suffice, and a mortar and pestle, which you find in, in the most basic kitchens. Yes, exactly. That's wonderful. That's one. That's a real answer. Now, <laughs> on the culinary point, uh, did you saute it in garlic or onions by any chance? I'm sorry? After steaming it, did you try, Patrick, to saute it with uh, garlic or onions? Yes, I, I did make it like like you would cook any normal spinach. Mm. And uh, it, tastes, and tasted wonderful. It tasted like a, like a spinach dish. I made it Indian style, what they call palak. And it was sure. delicious. And I made it European style, which is like a spinach with, uh, with cheese. Yes. Without the cheese, of course, but yeah. And I, you wow. can bake it. You can uh, saute <laughs> it. It's wonderful. You can dry it and powder it and mix it with, mix it with bread, apply it on bread. So interesting. And are you noticing a response to this strong and wonderful recommendation? Are you getting feedback from people who are actually trying it? in, you know, areas of the world that really, really need the food? Well, actually, I just launched this idea about four weeks ago. Oh, so okay. The feedback is just... It's still very fresh. Yeah, yeah, it's very fresh. very fresh. I'd love to in follow fact, up your, with your, you. Your Please. Show is the first show. Your show is the first show. Oh, I'm talking about we have an exclusive. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, well, uh, we are honored here at A Better World, Patrick. Um, you know, I'd love to follow up with you about the uh, homes that you were building during the right after the uh, earthquake in Nepal. And you were building yeah. them, as I recall, with plastic water bottles, which are utterly abundant, of course. And how is that, you know, now this is a longitudinal study in question. Over the years, how have they held up? In fact, the oldest building is like seven years old. And it's perfectly sturdy and, and strong structurally and everything. No cracks, no, no manufacturing defects or construction defects. In fact, I, I built the I built a double-story building now in Malawi, in Africa. I built a charitable maternity home, which is yes. uh, a double-story building right now, out of bottles and fishnets. It's the first double-story building mm. of its kind, and it's yes. already a year, a year and a half old, and it's perfectly okay. Wow. I'm hoping before the end of the year to commission the commission the hospital. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
That's extraordinary. So that's right. Thanks for reminding me about the fishnet because I had forgotten that component. I remembered the water bottles. So basically it's it's plastic bottles, it's fishnet, and then do I remember there's also concrete or? Yes, concrete. Remind me and tell our audience a little bit about it. What's that? Well, it's, well it's, instead of using steel in the reinforced cement concrete, we used plain concrete with nylon fishnet because nylon fishnet is even stronger than steel. When you impact concrete, oh. the steel inside the concrete begins to vibrate, causing more cracks. Whereas when you use fishnet, yes. it doesn't vibrate, so it's, the concrete remains in, uh, in the, completely uncompromised. At the same time, fishnet binds the bottle caps, necks of the bottles together, which makes it extremely strong. I can take 9.8 on the Richter scale, earthquake stimulation. Mm -hmm. So, and we did a fire test. Everybody was telling me a plastic bottle house will not stand the fire test. What was recommended was to take 800 degrees centigrade for half an hour. But my bottles Mm -hmm. took 1,020 degrees for two hours and nothing happened. Really? Completely uncompromised. That's remarkable. Yes. So actually, remarkable. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm without, I mean, in all humility, I must say, but it turned out to be the strongest structure ever built. Mm-hmm. Even the impact machine, which they tested for impact, uh, they keep impacting yes. the, 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 wall of the wall of the building till it cracks. And no building has ever withstood that machine. When they tried it with my building, the machine broke, not the wall. The impacting machine broke. So, oh, yes. Remarkable. I'm happy to say it's one of the strongest structures ever, ever built. And That's extremely just... low cost. Yes. But the beauty of the whole construction is that it empowers old and infirm people, you know, because they just fill the bottles with earth and we buy that from them. So it gives them a job yes. to do and, and gives them the dignity again back you know, that they're Yes. Uh, useful members of society. So that is the most sure. important part. Low Bad. cost, empowerment, waste management, and extremely economy. Global. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's remarkable. And what does it look like? When you do the outside plastering, it looks like any normal building. I'll send really? you pictures of them if you like sometime. Yes, Monsieur. Would you please? Like I would like to see building. that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm happy so, to do that. from from that point of view, then this same combination of elements could be used in building a a residential or a commercial building right here in New York City. Absolutely. Is that so? Because yes, we've done all the testing with international agencies, all the structural testing, load bearing, everything is perfect well within the parameters. Yes, yes, yes. That's utterly fascinating. It's utterly fascinating. And what about what's the insulation? Building? The insulation is 100% because when we were doing the firewall testing, we had 1,020 degrees on one side of the wall and 25 degrees on the other side of the wall. And it was just a uh, one-foot thick wall. That's it. One foot, okay, okay. 
And do you put sheet on the inside? Do you put sheetrock, or what? What is it that you use to make it make a wall, you know, flat and sort of uh, even usable Norman for decorations or normal cement plaster? Okay. Okay. All right. I'll send you a picture um, of any normal construction. Fantastic. I really would like to see that. I would appreciate that. Uh, because, you know, I am live in a place where construction is constant and very expensive, and then it becomes very expensive for we who seek to live here. Unless you're the wealthy of the wealthy, it costs a pretty penny to live in, you know, uh, urban centers these days in the United States and Europe and even Asia, right? So exactly. having this kind of construction as a model, as a template, would be utterly wonderful and brilliant. And, you know, I'm thinking, and I'm sure you have as well, you know the, uh, the oceans have more plastic these days almost than fish. And, in fact, I had mm-hmm. Fabien Cousteau, Jacques Cousteau's grandson on recently as a guest, and he was saying, in fact, the plastic is beginning to outnumber the fish. So that as a as a uh, resource for building would be remarkable. You were saying? Yeah, because you see, the, the normal uh, concept of recycling of plastic is just shredding and melting and remolding. So that creates a huge yes. carbon footprint and also a toxic footprint. When you use it yes. like a brick, there is no carbon footprint and there's no toxic footprint. So, yes, the bottles can be harvested out of the oceans and used in construction. We've, yes. we've even built road dividers, curbstones, railway platforms, all out of bottles. Remarkable. Remarkable. My next endeavor is to build a bridge out of bottles. <laughs> if it has the durability or more durability than steel then, you know, this is uh, truly a remarkable breakthrough in our understanding of material science, <laughs> right? You know, if you think about uh, a fishing net, being, yeah. you know, lifting up tons of fish on a tra- in a trawler, a flimsy little fishing exactly. net without giving way, it's, it, that's what inspired me. I said, this is so strong and it's so light and so inexpensive. Yes. Yes. No, truly. I mean, th- this is one of the beautiful geniuses of what you are providing us with, Patrick, is taking simple elements like uh, grass, like fishnet. Well, maybe it'll be fishnet stockings next. I don't know. But at least a fishnet <laughs> for fishing. <laughs> No, you're right. Um, and plastic bottles, which is such a menace all over the world, and utilizing them in a very creative way. It's utterly brilliant, and I love it. And now add grass to the mix, and now candles is next. Stay tuned, everyone. You're going to want to hear that story. Um, in our closing minutes, if you wouldn't mind, tell us a little bit about um, Somarpan Foundation in general, um, and the initiatives, as well as first principle, I guess, is your latest expression of uh, a nonprofit. Is that correct? Could you tell us about yes, both of exactly. these? Exactly. 
Yeah, well, actually, they're just vehicles to do what needs to be done. Yes. We have no fixed agenda that we're going to do only this or only education or only nutrition. Whatever's required, we just do it and don't think about it. Right now, yes. we, are, we are feeding in India about 4,500 people every day yeah, in our foundation. So we yeah, educate, With grass we educate. or with other food? No, regular food. <laughs> okay. Sorry to say, but regular food so far. Yes, but, yes. Uh, Yes, four and a half thousand people a day. That's amazing. Yeah, we're educating kids who are off the grid, and uh, they put, then once they're, they're properly educated, and we can get them back into the conventional schools. And we are focusing more on love, peace, happiness, and kindness in our educational systems than mm-hmm. than on academics, really. Yeah, and sharing and caring. So I try. I like the world to be full of people who are mediocre, maybe, but good people, rather than have a bunch yes. of brilliant people who are selfish and self-motivated. Yes, greedy. Yeah. Yes. So that's the focus of the foundation. Do what needs to be done. But there's an earthquake, a flood. They're there on the first responders all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And because mm-hmm. Samarpan actually is a Sanskrit word which means the will of the divine. So uh, if, it, if it comes to our notice, so we say it's the will of the divine that we have to do something about it. Not just talk about it or feel bad about it, but rather to do something concrete about it. Yes. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Understood. I appreciate that. Are you able to um, do you? I mean, one of the biggest humanitarian disasters going on in the world today is in Yemen and what's going on uh, there with the famine um, and the destruction of life, of hospitals and the like. Um, Are you able to go to hot spots like that, sort of like the Red Cross, or do you stay where things are a little bit more peaceful? No, we we go wherever anyone allows us to go. We're in war zones, uh, natural disasters. I mean, it doesn't really matter. And in fact, when mm-hmm. in Kash- Kashmir, Ladakh, when they had the mud slides, we were fishing people yes. out of 25 feet of sludge, out of slush, which are buried under the slush. So we were there, you know, as first responders, taking care of all these things. So it's, we we don't fight shy on on any location or situation. Wherever yes. we can go and be of assistance, we will. And we don't believe in waiting for the have the resource before we do it. We do it, and we have the faith that the resource will will happen anyway. Hmm. Interesting. That's a, a wonderful model for action. You know, as they say, build it, and they will come. Yes. It's that idea. Often, Show up, often people and the resources ask, yeah, people arrive. Ask me, People ask me, do you have a budget for what you're doing? And I said, I don't even know the meaning of the word budget. I just do. And everything falls into place. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> yes, exactly. We'll get a budget later. Let's let's just get hands-on right now. That's exactly. wonderful. That's wonderful. Yeah. And you have a, a crew of people. You have a that come and show up. 
at these various like Kashmir, yeah. etc. Yeah, we have uh, we have like about 100 volunteers. Yes. Some full time, some part part time. Who we send out the message yes. and they're there. In fact, they're running mm-hmm. on a lot of our institutions already. Our schools and healthcare uh, institutions and yes. homes and we have homes for destitute, homes for battered women. Uh, abandoned children, so whatever. Now we just opened a home for the aged, just about three days ago. Is this in India? So, yes, in India. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where, where in but India? Now we all, also, all over India, north and south India, mm-hmm. in big cities like Delhi, Bombay, and Calcutta, and Bangalore, and Goa, and Kashmir. Mm-hmm. Mm. Wherever that we find a need, we, we try to take care of that need. That's that's what it is. Now we're yes. building uh, this hospital in Malawi, and we, because we found that infant mortality was very high there because of no maternity care, little or no maternity care in the area. So we just built this hospital, mm-hmm. which we hope to commission before the end of the year. In fact, now mm-hmm. I'm looking for people to help me equip the hospital, but. Mm-hmm going to happen, I'm quite sure, before the end of the year, getting the license yes. done and we'll be on our way. Yes. Did you build the hospital with uh, plastic bottles and fishnet? Exactly, yes. That's the one I spoke about earlier. The first double-story yes. building in the world. Made oh, that's right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Remarkable. The I'll strongest. Exactly. Excuse me. Yeah, please do. Please do. And I'll post it on our website so people can see it with their own eyes. It's just remarkable. Patrick, you are doing such extraordinary work and uh, myself and the world thanks you for what you're doing. And uh, I wish more people would develop this kind of uh, sentiment of do what needs to be done. There's a beautiful simplicity in that. And uh, I think the notion of first principle helps to capture that sentiment. And uh, we here at A Better World truly appreciate your good work and um, love Thank to have you, you on to talk about it. Absolutely. Do you want to give your website so people can go and visit yeah, or participate? We have, we have listeners in India also and uh, in Asia, Philippines, etc. So they may All be right. able the, to take up the, the slack. org. The first principle.org. Principle spells with a P L E. And summerfriendfoundation.org. These are the two Beautiful. websites we have. Beautiful. Well, really appreciate it so much, Patrick. I want to wish Thank you, you continued uh, commitment to what you're doing and know that you have a, a good friend here at A Better World. Thank you, Mitchell. Thank you so much. That okay. It's so my pleasure. I'm so glad. Travel safely. I'm sorry? As you go on. Travel safely. Thank Your you work so much, is needed. Mitchell. We'll talk Thank again you. soon, Patrick. Bye-bye now. All the best. Thank you. Bye-bye. Patrick San Francisco, a physician who has taken on the world as his patient, and uh, is just doing remarkable work, and it's uh, 
beautiful to see and beautiful to hear. And the sense of innovation and ingenuity is just uh, marvelous in a world that is otherwise cracking at the seams. Well, depending on where you look, but largely we have so jeopardized the ecosystem as we know. And there are so many things that we could say are out of balance I feel that uh, Dr. Patrick San Francisco is helping to bring things back into balance, which has got to be part of, we didn't discuss it, but no doubt is part of the first principle, that when we're in balance with ourselves and at the same time with our surroundings and nature, everything works out. How do you like the way he said, we just show up. We don't worry about budgets. We don't even have one. I don't even know what the word means. We don't have the resources except for when we show up, things happen. Sort of the principle of magic happens. Where there's a will, there's a way. An energy field, the way we describe it here, of course, is an energy field gets cultivated, um, a morphogenetic quantum field, and things begin to happen seemingly like magic. It's not magic. It's human ingenuity and commitment that's gathering together like a vortex and empowers the activity and the minds, hearts, souls, and wills of the people present in any given place. So uh, Patrick really does exemplify this. And for the number of years at this point that I have known him, I have seen him carry on like this. And it's just remarkable, and it's just a pleasure to have uh, such a friend as him doing around the world what he is doing. So I want to thank all of you for tuning in. Please remember that we are also a nonprofit organization, 501c3, and your donations help keep us on the air and growing. So thank you, and we have a series of different services that we offer here, healing, biofeedback, coaching, business coaching, uh, energy balancing, and a series of nutritional products, including grass, actually, uh, to uh, offer you here. And uh, that was a funny thing. I had no idea what his Food for All uh, project actually consisted of on the ground, so to speak. And so it was a pleasure for me to hear that it happens to be cud. It happens to be grass, where I've been spending so much time on grass lately because of uh, a better world's uh, involvement uh, with uh, the premium lawn seed. I've had its founder on here, and we're utterly committed to the environmental eco-friendly values that this lawn seed combination uh, embodies. So just a funny, fun note among many. So again, feel free to contact me. I love hearing from you at uh, mjr at abetterworld.net. That's mjr at abetterworld.net. And uh, by phone, 212-420-0800. Love to hear your thoughts and experiences of our shows. Please send them out everywhere you can so others can appreciate the uh the points made and the education and the inspiration that they provide. So thank you again. This is Mitchell J. Rabin for A Better World, and I look forward to seeing you all next week.